good companies meet your expectations, but it's the truly great companies that defy your expectations and leave you saying, wow, which one do you want to be? Welcome to Working the Wow, where we believe providing an exceptional client experience is just as important as delivering a quality service or product. Join attorney and entrepreneur Judge Shaw on your journey from simply doing a good job to making them say wow. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Judge Shaw. On with me today is special guest Joe Ricciuti of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. Joe, welcome to the show, man. Joe, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Joe, you are president and GM of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. Tell me, I know about inexpensive tickets, snacks that are now reasonable, reasonable prices for families, entertainment, fun family vibe quality fans. What makes it so great to come to a Jersey Shore Blue Claws games for fans and family? You know, I think when you think about family entertainment, right, you know, minor league baseball has, uh, you know, since its inception has been, you know, kind of the the hallmark of, of family uh, entertainment. You know, and as you watch entertainment landscape has changed around us, um, you know, even over just the last 15 or 20 years, you know, there's only a handful of things and very few things at that where you can actually go as a family, multi-generational, right? You can come with grandparents, parents, and kids and enjoy a common entertainment experience as a family. You know, you can't go to the movies because, you know, grandma and grandpa don't want to see what the kids want to see and mom mm -hmm. and dad don't want to see what grandma and grandpa want to see. And, you know, so you've got that whole dynamic. Minor League Baseball is one of those last remaining multi-generational family experiences, and affordable as well. You know, you can take a family out to our ballpark and there are certain tickets where you can, you know, you can, you can have your food included in your ticket, you know, and for, uh, you know, for not a very expensive night out, be able to, to come out, enjoy some good family entertainment, have a great time and not have to take your wallet out of your pocket the whole night if you don't want to, you know, and that's a very unique message to be able to deliver. It's a unique experience, uh, particularly in a tough economy. You know, 2023 is going to be a tough year. 2022 was, 2020 through 2021 was, you know. So I think when you see those kind of challenges, minor league baseball tends to weather it um, better than many industries because we can still maintain that affordability. You know, it gets more and more challenging, but we can maintain yeah. that affordability. So, you know, that's when I think about our experience, in addition to all those things that you, um, you know, you were very gracious to to articulate, but um, there are things that are inherent in that experience that are uh, are unique, and certainly Jersey Shore Blue Claws that are emblematic of all of those. Yeah, I'd like to get into the experience of that, the really the wow moments that make it special. But before we do that, Staten Island Yankees, right? A long term with uh, Columbia University. Yeah. I think yeah. you were uh, vice president of events yeah. management. Um, tell me, how did you get to the general manager and president of a minor league baseball team? Well, you know, it's funny because it, it, it is all interconnected. I spent the majority of my career in the hospitality world. Um, and, you know, when you think about, okay, well, what is being an assistant vice president at, you know, a very prestigious university, you know, in, in my capacity at Columbia, I handled all the event management for the entire campus, right? Our, our, our offices. So we would, we, we had 34,000 bookings annually went through our office and it was all the conference and event services that you would imagine um, that, that go along with conferences and, uh, and, and meetings and large scale performances. And when heads of state would come to the university, 
you know, all those things came through um, university event management. But when you think about that, okay, well, where's the connectivity between that and being a president and general manager for a minor league baseball team? You know, and I think the through line there is it is all part of the same industry. It's part of the hospitality industry. Right. You know, and when we think about like, you know, what we do, people don't think about baseball as the hospitality industry, right? It's the sports industry. You know, I get asked by students all the time. So tell them, tell, tell me what it's like being in the sports industry, right? And yes, it's the sports industry. However, the baseball business is what goes on from the dugouts to the outfield wall. The hospitality business is what happens from the dugouts out to the parking lot. So for me, that moving in between those two industries is very comfortable because it is largely the same principles, whether it's a seven o'clock first pitch or an eight o'clock curtain or a 10 a.m. conference go. It's all the same industry. You know, the, the yeah. revenue lines are a little different. The expense lines, the nuances are a little different, uh, but it's the hospitality industry, you know? And so I think that that's that's kind of how, you know, I've been able to move very seamlessly and very comfortably in and out of, um, of, of that world. You know, the podcast focuses on taking that kind of customer service client experience to the next level kind of things that I say is wow moments. And yeah. the Blue Claws have a platform to create something special, which is an emotional connection with That's your right. customer or your client, right? Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Look, you know, when you, when you think about our experience, you go to a baseball game, it's not like you're selling a tangible product, right? You think about that whole experience from the minute that you buy your ticket, you know, you're going to park your car, you're going to engage with the parking staff and the box office staff and the ushers and the ticket takers and the security and the food and beverage staff. And, you know, so you, so you may have 15 touches with the organization before you even get to your first pitch, right? And then, you know, you're going to spend three or four hours with us and then you're going to leave later on that evening, you know, and if you approach that experience as, um, you know, kind of somewhat transactional, right? I'm buying a ticket to a baseball game and I'm buying a baseball game, nine innings of a baseball game, and an outcome, right? If you think about it in that context, kind of miss the majority of what that experience is because, you know, you think about there really isn't anything tangible that you can walk out of that experience with, right? Other than the ticket stub, everything is emotional. How you were greeted when you walked to the gates, how you were greeted at the box office, was your usher smiling and friendly? Was a ticket taker, did they make you feel welcome when you walked in the gates? You know, when you got your, um, you know, your food and beverage, did the person at the concession stand say thank you and count your change back to you or, or whatever? You know, those are, those are moments that in and of themselves feel kind of small, but at the end of a three-hour event, cumulatively, it shapes how you emotionally feel when you leave the game at the end of the night, right? So we approach it in a very, very specific customer service-centric way where we take a lot of care with each one of those steps. So when you go to the box office, for instance, was the glass clean? Were the microphones working? Was the person uh, who was handling your transaction, were they friendly? Did they greet you by name if you, or did they thank you by name if you handed them their credit card or your credit card, right? You know, how, how do all of those touches break into these smaller subset experiences that when you think about it cumulatively, you wind up with multiple opportunities for an organization to define themselves, right? And, and what are we defining, right? What we're defining is how important is your three or four hours of your time? How important is that to the organization? 
And if an organization like ours, we break those interactions down to its barest elements and we train our staff on it because that's the, what the fans are experiencing, right? And we want to be mindful, right? We're not asking and we're not trying to preserve, you know, a $10 exp- ticket experience, right? Because, you know, people may be a little uh, less protective of $10 than they are three or four hours worth of their time, right? With mom and dad both working and kids in sports and school, you know, it, it, to find three or four hours of uninterrupted ex- opportunity where, where families are together, that's kind of rare. You know, it's hard to find everybody in the same spot at the same time, you know, for four hours. Um, it's hard to ask parents to be able to, you know, you're coming home from work, you got, you know, you're fighting traffic, you're rounding up the kids. Everybody's had a busy day. Everybody jumps in a car, braves traffic, comes to a baseball game. And they're going to be with you for four hours or three hours or whatever it may be. You know, if if you're running that company, you had better be sure that that experience is worth four hours of their time. And every interaction that you have as an organization is respectful of those four hours. Right. And we, we all and, and we have a very specific process in which which we do that because we want it to fans at the end of the day to feel like, you know what, that was fun. I had a great time. My family had a great time. We felt like we were treated well. The food was good. Everybody smiled. We had a great time. And I feel better for being there for four hours. That is the outcome, right? It's not like when you go buy a car, right? You get a brand new car, you get a brand, right? It's not a tangible product. It's all experience. It's all emotional. And you have to approach that very differently than you would if you were selling toothpaste or you were selling yeah. some sort of product that was easily, you know, marketed and easily um, experienced. This is different. I love that. Wow. And that there was a ton of stuff in there. And let's try to unravel some of that because that's yeah. a lot of really good information. And my brain was just spinning when I was listening to a lot of this because what you did was explain exactly the correlation when you're in that service industry, right? Because you yeah. can't guarantee that result. How can they get a result from a full baseball game with a winner if it rains? How can I provide a guaranteed outcome that there will be a recovery of a certain amount of dollars? I can't. Right. So obviously the podcast is, is sponsored by uh, my parent company, Judge Shaw Injury Law, the law firm. And, and I have to tell you for, for full disclosure of all, my, of all the listeners, Judge Shaw Injury Law is incredibly excited this year to be a proud partner with the Jersey Shore Blue Claws for this season. And we're really excited about that. It made me think, as you're talking about the, why I believe so strongly in the client service aspect of my representation, because I can't guarantee that outcome. I can't guarantee a certain dollar. That's going to come down to whether, you know, the type of injury, the type of insurance, there's a lot of factors that come into it, but I certainly can make sure that every touch point that my client experiences from the start of sign up to that end point, whatever that looks like, is filled with wow moments and a first-class client experience, right? Yeah. And so, you know, so much is true for baseball because you can't guarantee the outcome either. But what you can do is, you know, as that saying goes, people don't, they forget how you made them feel, right? They don't forget what they, what was said. They remember how you made them feel. And so what kind, when you look at that, and I'm thinking about the experiences you described it, 
you would want most ballparks to be hospitable, uh, treatment with uh, courtesy and, and respect and things right. of that nature. But when you think about the, the Blue Claws, and maybe this is when you even first came on, do you look at it in terms of, okay, so, so the fan comes and they're going to park. What's that experience like? Okay, they're going to come yeah. to the gate. What is that wow moment? What are we going to do that makes him think like, yep. wow, I'm so happy I'm here. Wow, what a great experience. What are those touch points that you particularly look at that you're creating almost intentional wow moments without them even knowing it? Yeah, one of the things that I brought with me when I got on board in 2017 was um, you know this this process that um, originated when I was uh, running the Staten Island Yankees back from 2007 to 2011. And we call them our standards of excellence, right? And what these were was um, at, a, at a high level, it examined every touch mm. that a fan has with the venue, right? So I pull into the parking lot, okay? So, so I guess at a macro level, that's a touch. I go to the box office, that's a touch. You know, and, and, and you track each one of those moments from a fan's perspective and you, you walk through the experience as a fan it's and, like a, it's it, the experience is full circle, right? It's start to finish. You're tr you're almost you're you're mapping that experience. Yep, you map the whole experience, and, and then what you do is, and if we think about our our world, our experience as a fan, I park in the parking lot, so I have a touch with the parking lot. I will go to the box office to get my tickets. I have a touch with the box office. I will go to the gate, and I will get a bag check, right? So I'm going to have a touch with security. Right. A ticket taker is going to scan my ticket. A touch with the ticket taker. I'll get to my seat. My usher will seat me. My seat will either be clean or not, or there could be are there peanut shells from the game before. Okay, well, there's a touch with this facility portion of it, right? The custodial element. I go to, the, to grab a beer and a hot dog. Okay, well, there's a food and beverage touch, right? So I've got all of these touches that will go on. And when we look at them as a macro, okay, well, then what if we go down one level deeper, right? And let's break apart that experience. I go to my seat. Was my usher friendly? Did they greet me? Did they know? Were they attentive, right? If I'm, if I'm wandering around the concourse and I'm looking around with a ticket in my hand, is somebody kind of watching me go by and say, can I help you? You look like you might need a hand. Can I help you, right? Some small interaction like that when I'm brought down to my seat. Does the usher wipe down my seat for me in case it was some pollen from, from earlier during the day or, you know, we have... Um, the pigeons or seagulls in the area. Okay, well, if, if, you know, if my seat was the unfortunate recipient, it'd be nice to know somebody was taking care of my seat and wiping it down for me so I was sitting in a clean seat. But so when you think about all of those, those kind of moments, each one of those macros can be broken into a whole series of sub-steps that will define overall what that experience was. Right. And, you know, when you think about it sequentially, so if the touch in the parking lot or at the box office was a clunky one, right? Let's say you get to the box office and the person behind the glass was on the phone or they were having a conversation and kind of ignoring you at the, well, we've all been there at other places. It's kind of infuriating, right? So was the glass clean? Were they attentive to me? Did they smile? Did they make me feel, was it a warm interaction? And if it was, great, the next experience is set up for success. If that was a clunky moment, let's say I had a clunky moment in the parking lot, right? I drove around for an hour and nobody told me that there were no spots left. Okay, I finally find a spot. I missed a couple of innings. Okay, now I'm kind of cranky. I get to the box office. They're having a conversation behind the glass and nobody's acknowledging me. Good luck with the rest of that experience. 
You've lost them before they even walked in the gate. So if you think about it sequentially and you take a lot of care in each one of those interactions and you break it down into its sub-steps and you focus on, okay, well, what does this mean? What do we have to do to make sure that these steps were clean? Okay, how does that inform the training when you bring people on staff? You know, and we'll share with people, you know, like take the box off the staff. This isn't the totality of your 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 training, right? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, in addition to all the technical elements of executing your job, this is the stuff that the fan is going to experience. And some of it is, you know, kind of um, subconsciously, right? I, I will feel whether or not if I stood there for, let's say I stand there for five seconds before somebody greets me. Okay, reasonable amount of time. 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Well, it starts to feel like they're a little bit uncomfortable at that point. Okay, well, that I, I, I may not be counting down the seconds, but I'll know where that moment is, right? So, so how does that go into your training, right? So you teach your staff, okay, the minute somebody walks to the window, acknowledge them and interact. If, you, if you're in the middle of something, acknowledge them and just say, I'll be with you in a moment. That communication helps kind of offer that warm interaction and then the next step and the next step all are set up for success. And so that was one of the things that I brought with me and we implemented here. And we were lucky here. We had a great fan experience to begin with. The, 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 the team here before we got here in 2017 did a tremendous job, had tremendous uh, customer service. This just helped make it consistent. It helped make it kind of crisp, but it begins to define your uh, fan experience and also begins to define how the leadership of the organization focuses on the attention. How much care do we place in your three hours of being with us? And that in turn supports the amount of money that a fan is going to spend with you, right? If they're going to spend $20 with you, I would rather they have a great three hours of experience with us. They will feel better about spending that $20. If they had a rocky three hours of experience with us and we were not mindful of all those things as we are, good luck. I'm not coming back. Yeah. You know, you lost me. You lost me. Joe, I love that. Every company that's in the service industry, hospitality, customer service, client service should be mapping their touch points. I love what you've done. And then taking that a little further, right? Those macros. So, for instance, our company, we have four core values. And Our core value number two is work the wow. And what that means is go above and beyond what our client expects. That's working the wow. And, but what happens is in, you know, core value one, be a knight in shining armor. What does that look like? And for your example, you know, if somebody says, call me and I'll call you back at the end of the day, you don't call them for two days. Is that really being somebody's knight in shining armor? Are you working the wow? So everybody under the company has their core values. And that's the sort of the beacon on how they should conduct their action when or whenever no one or everyone is looking. Right. But then on those macros, everybody who's responsible for delivering that wow experience can be hyper-focused on those things, right? They become targets, goals, checklists, KPIs. So for mm-hmm. instance, that person is uh, wipe the seat, uh, greet with a smile, but right. That's going to be something different than the security guy, the one at the ticket, the box office, the parking, but everybody now has understanding of their checklist, their key performance indicators, their targets to delivering their particular wow moment in that touch point. Yeah. 
And what's interesting too is when when you know that becomes the focus of the organization, like it is ours, like it is yours. You know that then speaks to when I'm interviewing somebody to join the organization, or one of our managers are interviewing somebody. You want people who are hospitality minded, right? That's that's a very unique set of skills, right? You have to actually believe it. You know, it, it's hard to fake that, right? You have to actually believe it at your core. You have to enjoy making people happy. And in our world, you know, I mean, on, on any given night, now I'll share this with, with our game day staff, they'll interact with 6,000 people. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I can talk all I want about the care of customer service. They will prove me right yeah. or wrong every time, right? And that's where it has to be a very active process. You have to constantly remind folks and constantly help coach and guide and mentor so that people are always mindful that it's the customer service experience first and foremost that defines us. You know, and, and when you have folks that are, are customer service minded, as the vast majority of our staff are, they it's it's almost effortless for them because they they of course they're go-to, right? I, I look at our ushers and my security folks all the time. They always they'll have a you know, anytime there's a foul ball. That's, uh, you know, or a ball that's made it onto the berm during BP, they'll have a handful of them just kind of tucked off to the side. And if you see a kid who may have missed a foul ball, they'll grab that foul ball and bring it right to the kid. You know, they'll, they'll grab one of their, you know, stock and bring it right to the kid and make him smile, right? Whether we train them or not to do that, that's how they, that's how they're geared, right? So how can I make that fan's experience that much better? And it warms their heart to do it. Right. So, and I will watch any given game and it happens all the time. There's a kid, you know, kid drops their ice cream cone. Our staff knows you don't need to go to Joe. You don't need to go to the food and beverage person to ask permission to go get them a new ice cream cone. You go bring him right up to the stand to bring him, get him a brand new ice cream cone. If there's a kid that's crying on the cone, I can't tell you how many times, you know, there's a kid, sometimes at the end of the night, kids get a little bit tired around 9, mm-hmm. 30, 10 o'clock and and if I see a kid crying and I'll ask mom or dad, but can ice cream make him feel a little bit better? And then the kid's eyes light up. Come on, let's go get some ice cream, mom and dad. And we'll go, you know, bring them over and we'll you know, get, get a couple of ice creams for, uh, for the kid and for mom and dad. You know, it just changes their night. But that's also, I appreciate your humility in thinking that all of your team members come naturally skill set in delivering a wow client experience. But I would also suggest that is a true sense of top-down yeah. leadership Indeed. from a company that lives that core value, right? You have a bunch of people who are watching the company and understanding that they now understand that their right. mentality is go find a kid and deliver that experience, that baseball. And, yeah. and, and it's the, the sort of a monkey see monkey do, right? The, the company itself has to, it can't just have core values and a mission statement on the wall and expect everybody to run around yeah. and try to deliver that experience. It comes from real training and great leadership. You know, when people, when your team sees you going up to a family and picking up on delivering an ice cream cone to give a wow yeah. moment, you know, that's not lost. That's got a huge effect. And what I wanted to talk about, which was a great segue, is the fact that every company strives to deliver first-class client experience and every yeah. company at some point will fail at some point in doing that. And that's where, when you have that macro touch points, everyone now can also be trained 
in the recovery of poor service in their particular thing. Somebody who's lost their car, but now the parking attendants know how to deal with that situation. Grounds when here comes the rain and the kid only wanted to see the mascot run the bases, right? Tell me about how recovery is such an important part of actual delivering customer service. Yeah, that is, um, well, it's the acknowledgement that as much as that experience as we can control, the nature of live events is that there's some element that is just going to happen. Rain, someone is just going to have a clunky experience. And it's just by the nature of having thousands and thousands of people in the same spot, you can try to control every bit of it. But at at some point, someone's going to have a clunky moment. So often you can't control the circumstances that you found yourself in. You certainly can control the way you get out of it and the way you lead them out of it. So when I think about you know, clunky experiences. You know, I, I, I go back to my Staten Island Yankees days and we had probably in a 30-year career opening day, I think it was 2010, was probably the clunkiest moment I have ever had in my professional career. And I'll give you a quick summary of it. It was opening night during that stretch of the Staten Island Yankees life. We were growing exponentially. Our company bought this team that was struggling uh, in early 2007 We fixed it and we went from selling out no games to selling out 26 out of our 38 very quickly. So the infrastructure was stressed real, again, exponential growth, food and beverage stands, parking, all of those systems are are, are stressed. So um, we wound up with a wonderful product. It was an all-you-can-eat product that sold like gangbusters. And we thought it would be great. The concession stands were geared to handle this volume of fan. So we figured, okay, rather let's have everybody hit the concession stands. This should be a quick transaction time. Well, as it turns out, there's some challenges with uh, the concessionaire ran into with staffing and they were kind of caught off guard and the lines were long and it was not the opening day that people expected. It was a train wreck. And I remember my GM and I were down on the field getting, uh, I think we were receiving a trophy from the New York Penn League. I get up to the concourse and I see these lines and it, people were angry. So now you're in this right. circumstance where, okay, this is a mess. How are we going to recover from this? And we immediately went into, okay, all the leadership get out to every spot where we've got lines built up, go with business cards. You're going to apologize and we're going to invite everybody to come back to another game. And I said to my GM, where's the worst spot in the ballpark? And she said, that's going to be a third base concession stand. I said, that's where I'm going. And I waded out into the crowd and, you know, amongst the hurling of expletives and, and sodas and other things at me, remember it is New York. Once you've explained mm-hmm. that this is not the experience that we intended you to have tonight. This is not the experience that you bought. This is not the experience that we wanted you to have. Let us make it right. And all the fans wanted was someone to say, we got it. We screwed up. Uh, they didn't care. I'm not going to go blame it on the concessionaire. That's, you know, it's, they bought a ticket from us. We own it, right? We'll right. work behind the scenes and figure out, all right, how do we fix this? We made an announcement on the PA, letting everybody know that uh, tickets for tonight's game would be welcome. Uh, and you can come back to any other game this season, which a, a huge uh, roar. Uh, from the crowd uh, and applause. So that turned the moment around. This was on a Friday night, I believe. Saturday night, we had another game. 
So it was the end of the night. We are dissecting the mess. Let's understand technically what happened and what are we going to do? We designed from midnight until 7 a.m. an entire mm-hmm. new distribution system. And I remember it was myself, my, my general manager, and three or four of our people. Uh, we were in my office and we, we worked through what we thought was going to happen and how we thought it was going to look. And one of my staff people said, what time are you staying until? I said, well, I'm going to start pulling equipment out of the storage area. And we're going to start laying this out tonight because we've got another game tomorrow. And we don't know if we're going to have, we may need all the way up to gates in which to get this fixed. They said, well, if you're staying, I'm staying with you. Right. And a handful of us stayed straight through the night. We got the whole new layout, got the staff to come in early, trained mm-hmm. everybody on a brand new system. We had fans who were there that night, the night before, who had a train wreck, who came to us the next night and said, I can't believe this is the same place. So we controlled the response to it. One, we owned it. And two, we controlled the response to it. And we 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 did, there was no defending it, right? It was so clear. Even the newspaper the next mm. day wrote opening that was a little clunky, right? Because it was. So let's just fix it. And I think when you have those kind of customer service moments, and again, a 30-year career, that was the most challenging because, you know, remember, you got a game the next night. You got this massive infrastructure. Let's take, let's call it a hundred people to train on this brand new system. So you have to figure it out yourself. And now you've got to be able to articulate that to everybody else. You have to get this whole infrastructure in place in which to support it. But what we became known for was the response to the circumstance. And yeah. that changed everybody's perspective. And I was I was particularly proud of the response. I mean, when you're going through it, you know, it's it's rough, you know, when you're getting uh, yeah. you know. Uh, it's not often as a grown adult leading a you know a multi-million dollar company that you're getting yelled at by fans, but it comes with the territory and we fixed it. And uh, you know, sometimes you need some, some team members, a, a good company needs a, a good yeah. team, right? You, a, 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 you have a, a wow team to create. Wow. What was great about that. And what I remember resonated most was I didn't have to ask my team to stay. They were right. just staying because uh, you know, well, Joe's staying. They they were staying because they they felt ownership in it and they wanted to fix it for the fans. So when we talk about as part of your own DNA of being right. customer service centric, when you're blessed with a team that is customer service centric, it makes those ch- uh, challenges easier to uh, to respond to. Sure, I love the word. I haven't heard of it before, but I love the word that you keep using, which is clunky. It's not bad service. It's not a fa- failure in service. It's not. Yeah. It's like the hiccup, right? The moment that that happens, and I love the the psychology of the clunky service is that it's it's yeah. subject to imperfection. And so there was a hiccup, and yeah. let's focus on making yeah. it better. I like that word. I'm going to start using that from now on. Clunkiness. So you know, I wanted to go back to one more thing, which was how you described those maps, the touch points, right, in the service, which can go from the parking to the mm-hmm. ticket counter to the box office to this, and how you had explained that, you know, everything could go well, and then they get to the seat, and they're not greeted nicely, and there's peanuts everywhere, and, and now they're aggravated, right? So I talk about that in Working the Wow. How do you address the never-ending first impression? Yeah. That's how I refer to it, right, with your team, so that they understand that every time their touch point is still their first interaction with that client or customer. Yeah, it requires a lot of just a kind of ongoing coaching and guiding. You know, one of the things that we will generally do after games, 
is a is a debrief where we'll go through the, the standards of excellence for the night and say, okay, how did we do tonight? You know, when you identify any of those kind of spots that that could have um, used a little refinement, and then you you know, okay, whoever's responsible for it, like your leadership team is right there in the room. Believe me, at the end of a game, we've been there for you know thirteen hours already, fourteen hours, and it's eleven thirty at night. And we do a half hour debrief uh, or an hour debrief, depends on how much there is to debrief. So that issues become one game issues. And part of that conversation is reminding fan or reminding staff that, you know, for some number of fans, that was their first game. And for, um, you know, most of those fans, right. they may have engaged with, you know, a ticket taker earlier. But if they're bringing you a challenge or an issue or something that they just may have had a, a rough spot, you own it. You don't go send them into the customer service abyss and say, okay, well, you can go over to the customer service stand over there behind section eight and they'll take care of it. Right. If somebody asks uh, one of our team members, hey, can you tell me how to get to the team store? I'm going that way. I'm happy to walk with you. Right. Even if you weren't, right. well, you are now, right? You walk with them and, right. and you have an right. opportunity to engage them, get to know them. And, you know, in, 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 in the five minutes mm-hmm. that you might be with them, it's a nice touch. So Definitely. we reinforce that. You know, all the time, if um, if you see a napkin on the concourse, right? Somebody dropped a napkin, somebody dropped a straw. Do you walk by it or do you stop and pick it up? Stop and pick it up, right? Because if you do it and you're wearing a blue management shirt, the rest of the game day staff are going to mm-hmm. realize, yep, yeah, it's not one set of rules for you guys and one set of rules for the game day staff. There's one set of rules. But it also, when I stop to pick up a, uh, you know, a napkin on the concourse or I stop to you know, to grab a dustpan and a broom and sweep up some some popcorn that's scattered around the, the, the concourse. Staff going to see me do it or see one of our leadership team do it. They're going to look at it and go, yeah, I can do it too. You know, it just keeps everybody mindful of- Exactly. That's the message. The lesson in there is that it still starts from the top. You know, if you don't come down to the tarmac and clean, clean that napkin up, I mean, how do you expect <laughs> anybody else to do it, right? That's right, right. It's a set of rules for, uh, you know, for, for, for the leadership and there's a set yeah. of rules for the rest of the staff. And that's, uh, that's, that's never the case. Joe, this year we have uh, Buster's birthday party and fireworks, miniature golf, restaurants, bars, Sunday family time, dead night, uh, fire, you know, all of these amazing activities on top of what is predicted to be a great, you know, season in the South Atlantic yeah. League this year. Where do fans go and, and look more into Blue Claws, getting tickets, finding out more about it? Certainly, um, if, if going to our social media, um, going to our website, blueclaws.com, I think is, uh, is is the best way. You can certainly always call the box office, and um, you know, but hitting the website's always a good spot. There's a, a number of offerings that are out there for families, um, there's numbers of offerings out there. If you're a business that you're looking to actually grow your business, there's plenty of opportunities on the corporate partnership side that we can help be an asset in, in uh, companies like uh, like yours to grow their business or get mm-hmm. their message out. You know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is, uh, you know, we, we do a very, you know, a five game ticket plan, which is very affordable. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a little five game mini plan. It's five, roughly five games over the course of the summer. I kind of look at it like it's five nights of pre-scheduled family time. You know, as busy as we were talking about earlier, everybody's so busy, but boy, to be able to have five mm. nights over the course of the summer to be able to say, mm. okay, as busy as we are, we've got these five nights that we can go spend as a family together, right? I'm going to go do this thing and we're going to go have a great time. We're not going to spend a ton of money to do it. Or um, we've got these five nights where I can go out with uh, 
you know, my colleagues from my office, as busy as we, we can get together for five nights once a month over the course of the summer and just get together and reconnect as human beings. Um, and I think that's an important thing. So, you know, if you're looking for something to do with your family or your friends, mini plans are a great way to do it. Single game tickets are a great way to do it. If you're a business and you're looking for some opportunities in which to not only grow your business, but um, client or stakeholder uh, thank yous or um, customer uh, appreciation or uh, employee appreciation, you know, Blue Cross tickets uh, are great and sponsorships are great ways to do it. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to come by, check it out. You'll have a good time. I promise. I think uh, some 66, something like that, home games in Lakewood, New Jersey at the Great Jersey Shore Ballpark. Uh, season opener is a- April 11th, right? Yep. April 11th. And uh, Joe, I can't thank you enough for coming on because I have been there. I am a proud partner with the organization because you really do deliver a great experience. And that's really what it's about. Thanks so much for being on today, Joe. Joe, thank you. It's my pleasure. And it's a pleasure to have you as a corporate partner. Appreciate that. Thanks. If this episode made you say, wow, please leave us a review or send this to someone that needs to hear it. Ready to start creating unforgettable wow moments for your customers? Then subscribe to Working the Wow in your favorite podcast app and join the conversation on social media at Working the Wow. If you have topic suggestions or questions, please email us at wow at workingthewow.com and be sure to include a mailing address where we can wow you with some swag.